Good morning, Gator Nation, and welcome to a special post-Mike White tenure episode of the In All Kinds of Weather Forecast. And man, does it feel good to say that. Uh, I am your host, Neil Shulman. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at All Kinds Weather. You can also follow us on Facebook and on YouTube at In All Kinds of Weather. Dustin, our co-host, is coming on momentarily to discuss something that we have been hoping would happen for a few years now, and that, of course, is the departure of Mike White away from Gainesville and the Gator men's basketball program. It is not something that we take lightly to say that Mike White needed to be fired. We understand, we understood the whole time that when we were saying that, we were advocating for what what we believe was a good person to lose probably the coolest job he's ever had in his life. And so because of that, we, we always said on this pod, it's never a personal vendetta against him. Rather, it is just a business decision that needs to be made on the part of the Florida Gators athletics program. Eventually, that decision was made for them by a rival to the North. We'll get into that all in a second. But first, as usual, we're proudly partnered with the Gator Good Foundation. This is a nonprofit organization that works to send an underprivileged Gator fan to the swamp. For those of y'all who might be new listeners, the Gator Good Foundation collects donations from fans and uses those donations to bring someone to his or her first ever Gator football game. We pay for the flights, the rental car if necessary, the hotel, the game tickets, the gear, and we make sure that they have the swamp experience of a lifetime. We are looking for someone to send to the swamp in 2022. If you believe that you or someone you know is worthy of the honor, please reach out to us at GatorGoodFoundation at gmail.com. We are also looking for donations to donate to our cause. Please go to our website, GatorGoodFoundation.com and click on the donate button. And while you're there, you can also check out some of the other campaigns we've done for prior year's winners. Second, we are proudly sponsored by Stingray Branding. These folks will put a sting in your marketing and deliver results that will wow your clients, particularly their new website that they just launched a couple of weeks ago and the Gator Good Foundation website, actually, another Stingray branding product. Whether it's web design, logo design, branding, graphic design, social media management, search engine optimization, marketing strategy, or mobile app design, Stingray branding has you covered. If you or someone you know needs professional help in any of the above, here are two great reasons why you should choose Stingray Branding. One, it's a veteran-owned business. We can't think of a better way to properly thank those who serve our country than by giving the business. And two, it's run by a Florida Gator fan. So yes, they do great work, but they do great work, and they're owned by a Gator who happens to be a U.S. veteran. To learn more about their services and rates, go to StingrayBranding.com. That is StingrayBranding.com. Before we get into the main crux of the episode, some lightning quick updates on the other Gator athletics team or athletics teams. Gator women's basketball gets the 10 seed in the NCAA tournament in the Bridgeport Regional. They will play Central Florida in the first round in a 10-7 matchup. Best of luck to the ladies there. Gator baseball taking two out of three from Seton Hall, a really, really bad Seton Hall team that they really should have swept. They, they dropped the finale on Sunday in an, in an irritating game, but nonetheless, still a series win. Some things to figure out there, but overall can't be too upset about the weekend in which they win two out of three. Uh, Gator softball actually playing right now. We pushed this pod as far back as we could to try to get that result in. It's not going to happen. Currently locked in a scoreless tie with Mississippi State deep into the game, so we can't know the results of that series, but Overall, uh, definitely going to want to see the Gator softball team pick up the bats and do some more damage on offense moving forward. But pitching and defense look pretty good, so that's them. Uh, I think – oh, and Gator tennis picking up – Gator men's tennis picking up two wins over ranked opponents over the weekend, knocking out a pair of rivals too in uh, Georgia and number one Tennessee. So the Gator men's tennis making a case for themselves to be number one again after losing a couple – of top 15 matchups early in the season. So now we're going to get to the real reason that we're doing a pod today. And it's because now former Gator basketball coach, Mike White has left the university of Florida and taken the job at the university of Georgia. He has switched sides in the rivalry, officially leaving on his own accord. And 
In doing so, not only spares Florida from having to pay his $8.75 million buyout, but actually forced Georgia to pay Florida $1.25 million for them to officially poach him and take him away from the Gators. And I think there are really the best way to go here is, is to divide this up into three subtopics tonight. One, the fact that he's gone. Two, the fact that he went to Georgia. And three, Florida is now in the market for a new head coach. Who might that be? So first things first, Dustin is on with us today, my co-host. Dustin, I, I go first a lot as the host. Let's be fair about it and give you a chance to have first crack at this. Let's start with topic number one. He is gone, which is something that I've been clamoring for since early in his fifth season. And, you know, you were a little more patient with him, but you've been calling for the same thing for the better part of two years now. So now that it's over, how are you going to remember the Mike White tenure in Gainesville? Well, Neil, um, I have definitely a, a mixed outlook on kind of what, the Mike White era was. Um, I had some positive experiences with him uh, when I was a student at the University of Florida. I met him a couple times. had a had a had a pretty decent conversation with him once, and I, for that I, I'm very appreciative because it's not too often that you know uh, at the time as a normal student wasn't an athlete or anything. It wasn't too often that somebody like me would be able to have a conversation with them. Um, the head coach of a, of one of the premier programs at the time. Um, I thought that Mike White had some incredibly significant wins. So probably one of my, one of my favorite experiences. Um, I, I remember you mentioning that you were in the arena for this. I was, I was in the dorm watching on television. Uh, it was the, uh, the Wisconsin game. Chris Chioza made a, uh, in the air buzzer beater to, to beat Wisconsin um and, and and send us to the elite eight and uh that other than probably the um the nc state uh three-quarter court um three-pointer that that uh, chandler parsons made i believe in the thereabouts 2011 i think 2010 i was also in the arena 2000, for that too 2010 <laughs> okay man you were there so you know um, that, that's going way back. Your, your memory is certainly better than mine. Uh, I'll give you that. I mean, your memory is certainly better than most people. Uh, most people that, that listen to this would admit that. Um, but I mean, that, that, that play will forever be uh, a shot that I remember, um, an experience that I remember watching that game glued to the television with all my dorm mates. That was a special moment. Um, and Mike White was part of some really big wins at Florida. Uh, most recently, that win against Auburn was massive. Unfortunately, as much as Mike White will be remembered by the wins, he's also going to be remembered by the losses. I don't ever recall a team, a basketball team, so inconsistent in, in my time studying Gator basketball, like I have with some of these Mike White teams. Now I know the sample size and my 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 viewable time has been rather limited, considering I've only I've only seen uh, as a fan two coaches, Billy Donovan and Mike White. But it, it's frustrating. I mean, imagine what could have happened if Mike White would have put together a consistent brand of basketball that was consistently winning in the way that he won some games. You got to give him credit for that. You got to give him credit for some of the rosters that he put together. But at the same time, you got to wonder what you got to wonder what what was on his mind when so many so many great players decided to leave and he brought together this Sporkersborg of a team and it wasn't the good kind of Sporkersborg. I mean, Castleton was a was certainly a bright spot. Um, he did play injured most of the season, if not all the season. And you have other players that, that just just could not turn it on every game. I mean, you look at a guy like Appleby. You want to talk about a buzzer beater. That's a guy that had a buzzer beater this year, another guy. But he 
had some games where you're like, man, this guy is one of the best basketball players in the SEC, and then other games where he literally is crap and shouldn't start. You, you uh, Neil, there's a reason why there's a reason why I did not become emotionally invested in basketball this year. I love my Gators, yes. In all kinds of weather, we all stick together. I celebrate the wins, lament the losses, but there's a reason why I did not become emotionally invested in this team. And it all goes back to the coach. And let me just say this, Neil, because I look forward to hearing what you have to say. Um, and I look forward, those of you that are listening, I look forward to hearing what you have to say. So definitely, after listening to this, definitely put your thoughts on Twitter. Add us. We would love to hear your thoughts on this whole situation. But, Neil, I just want to say this. My, my head football coach when I was in high school, I share many stories from that, that time period of my life, which was awesome. But this, this is one thing he said. He said that when the fish stinks, it starts at the head. And at that moment in time, he was talking about himself and some poor play calls he made as the, the offensive coordinator alongside his head coaching duties. But this Gator basketball team was mediocre. You can't make excuses for mediocrity. And the fish stunk. And that, that, that stinkage, for lack of a better term, started at the head. And it's a very peculiar and awkward weird situation the fact that it's good and awkward at the same time you know it, it kind of reminds it probably reminds y'all of your first kiss you know weird and good at the same time um you can leave that in or cut that out if you want neil but i think it's a good analogy for for what 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 this experience was like to lose uh mike white to georgia no, I'm of gonna, all teams i'm gonna leave that in because that's too good to take out. <laughs> um all right, so oh, my, my mom's probably going to listen to that too. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, you're welcome. That's that's your own decision to put that in the pod. Um, yeah, I mean, th this is this is what it's like when we talk to each other off the air. So I don't I don't really like to 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 make things too different on the air than they are off. I like to give y'all yes. more of an unfiltered view of what it's like to be um, behind the scenes. And and trust me, Dustin is the uh, Dustin is the more G-rated of the two of us. Um, all right, so uh, th there, there, there's so much to go into here. There's so many different directions I can go here, and, and we're going to have a long off season once baseball and softball end. Uh, dead time to talk about it, and, and I'm sure even before then we'll get into more about Mike White. But the very quick and dirty way to summarize it is that Mike White was not a terrible coach, but he just wasn't a great one. And at Florida, you, you simply have to be great, and, and that's it, full stop end of discussion no 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 counterpoints accepted that you have to be great that's the standard greatness is what is expected and he was not that uh i mean we, we've and, and we've been there we've done that we've talked about this ad nauseum on the pod the standard at the university of florida for men's basketball is to compete for sec titles and final fours he really only did that in one of his seven years at florida and and in seven years he's got zero sec titles zero SEC tournament titles, zero Final Fours, one trip to the Sweet 16 or beyond, two finishes in the top four of the SEC standings at, by the way, the second most prestigious and the second easiest basketball program in the SEC to win at. And again, that's not our standard. As I, I said on the last pod, I went into very, very deep detail on this. It's not our opinion. That's the University of Florida's opinion. That's what the University of Florida has decided is the standard, their opinion. And we know that because that's what's written on the banners that hang down from the O-Dome. Again, you know, we've been through all that, but just reiterating that now on the Mike White is finally gone podcast episode. Uh, the standard is to compete for SEC titles and final fours and Mike White as, as simple as it could get. He just didn't do it. Now, <sighs> here we go. There is a narrative brewing among the few Gator fans who still supported him at the very end, a narrative that the Gator fan base was toxic and drove Mike White out of town. 
a narrative driven by some in the media, such as Chris Harry, who works for the University of Florida, who, by the way, I understand because he is paid to defend the University of Florida and its employees. So on the surface, I get that. And let me start by saying that by no means, by no means do I condone any of the lunacy that I didn't see too much of, but that I know existed in non-zero quantities. There are people who attacked Mike White personally and, and made it personal. People would say awful things like, how can he go home to his wife knowing what a loser he is? Stuff like his kids are already doomed to be failures because they've got the failure gene in him. Stuff that I can now quote on the air because he's gone and can't hurt him anymore. And let me be as clear as clear can be. When it comes to people voicing their displeasure of Mike White, that kind of stuff was in the very, very distinct minority. Probably made up about one-tenth of one percent of the social media commentary from people who did not want Mike White to coach the University of Florida basketball team. But it was there. It did exist. People would say that. And now, for the most obvious statement I've ever made on this podcast, I do not defend that. There is no rational defense of that kind of of stuff that's just not acceptable. But I also know that these fans, who I call the mid-major microphones, or the mid-major mics for short, are referring to a lot more than that as what they label toxic behavior. These mics will label valid criticisms, such as, these are the standards at UF and he's just not meeting them, as toxic. To which I'll remind you, the standards at the University of Florida are to compete for SEC championships and Final Fours. But these people will lump in every word that has ever been uttered that is not a rigging endorsement of Mike White as Florida's head basketball coach together into one pool, which they will then blanket label as toxic. Let's be clear as clear can be. It is not toxic to demand that a coach produce results that are congruent with the standards that are displayed in plain sight for all to see in the team's home arena. It is not toxic to declare that a coach is not winning at the level that he needs to win at. And after enough time, not right away, but after a few years, it is not toxic to demand that a coach who does not live up to the program standards be fired. It is not toxic, for example, to watch the Oral Roberts game helplessly scream at the TV for the Gators to pick up the tempo and wear down a team that doesn't recruit from the same pool of talent as you to begin with and is now sucking air on top of that because they are so exhausted. Watch the team willfully not do it, lose, hand a 15 seed a free trip to the Sweet 16, come to the conclusion that the coach of this team is not capable of coaching this program to the heights it deserves to be at and declare that, quote unquote, I am done believing that this man is ever going to live up to the Gator standard. And I'll cover this team accordingly. It is not toxic to call him mid-major Mike, which, by the way, was never even directed at him, meaning I did not at him. I did not tag him on social media. And the few times I ever did tag him, I just basically said some variation of, you know, you're a nice man. You did your best. I wish you well at your next job. Good luck to you. Thank you for trying your hardest, etc. For him to know that I called him mid-major Mike would have required him to take the effort to get on social media and either search the hashtag or scroll through my tweets, which is not exactly an efficient use of time for a head coach making north of $3 million a year. But anyway, that nickname is not toxic. It is a euphemism for this guy is in over his head. He does not belong at Florida. He is not meant for the big time. He should take a step down to a smaller school and maybe he could be successful there. And at its most molecular form, it is not toxic to want the best results possible for your favorite program. Put simply, point blank, hard stop, the end. It is not toxic to want your program to do the best it can possibly do. And when it is clear beyond a reasonable doubt that your favorite program just isn't doing so, to demand a change. 
Now, you want to see toxic behavior, behavior that actually is toxic? L let's talk about those mid-major microphones that I just mentioned and, and their favorite tactic called gaslighting, which just even sounds toxic. I mean, just, just dissect the word for a second. Think, uh, I mean, think, think of poison gas somehow transformed into a heat, right? It, it just sounds toxic. But anyway, you want toxic? L let's talk about these people's behavior. Gaslighting is when you combine very carefully cherry-picked statistics that are factually correct but lack proper context. You combine that with a level of hubris and animosity and sanctimony in your delivery of these facts on social media. The idea is to drive people to doubt themselves and make them go, wait, wait, what? Wait a minute, why, why, do, why do I think that? What, why do I think this? That wait, no, 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 stop. That doesn't make sense. Maybe, maybe I'm crazy because um, the guy that just said XYZ said something that I just looked up on the internet and verified for myself. And this guy sounded pretty angry. So maybe he's actually right. Maybe I should rethink this. That's gaslighting. And let's start with probably the hardest argument to counter in favor of Mike White, which is Mike White has more NCAA tournament wins than every SEC coach aside from Calipari, you idiot. You call yourself a Gator fan, and here you are bashing the second most successful coach in Gator basketball history, usually with a clown gif or an emoji or a crying laughing emoji. That's gaslighting. Factually correct at its core, or, well, at least at one time it was to say that he won more tournament games than any other SEC coach. Um, but missing from that statement is the fact that he is – undeniably, unambiguously, and verifiably at the second easiest program to win at in the SEC, and only Arkansas is even in the same exosphere as Florida in that category. So good, he should win more NCAA tournament games than every other school in the SEC, because guess what? He's at the program that is most naturally equipped for a coach to do so. And this isn't to say that White is a failure. But when you look deeper into the context, when you adjust those raw statistics for the prestige and history of each SEC program, along with their current resources and local recruiting bases, it takes a statistic that if he were to accomplish it at South Carolina or Mississippi would truly be impressive. And as it is at Florida, it's just, okay, okay, fine, cool. It's not a bad thing. We're not holding this statistic against him somehow. We're not using it to criticize him. But the reality is that the particular statistic cited here is a good thing. Be clear as clear can be on that. It is a good thing. I'm not saying that this statistic is why I want him fired. But when the proper context is applied to it, it is simply not as impressive as the mid-major microphones make a sound. Again, to reiterate, not a bad thing that Mike White won six NCAA tournament games in Florida. It's simply not something that makes him into a miracle worker as these fans try to make it seem. And that's an example of a good argument in defense of Mike White. And yet when you dissect it, it's very easy to see why, although six NCAA tournament wins, not a knock on white. It is just not the game over. I win the argument bullet point. Then there are the bad arguments, the, the real straw man arguments that sound good, especially when delivered with the bravado that the mid-major microphones deliver them with. And they actually sound like they go hand in hand with the, he has more NCAA tournament wins than everyone in the SEC, not named Calipari bullet point. But there's a key distinction here. He wins a game in the NCAA tournament almost every year. He wins 20 games every year, which, by the way, he did not do in each of his last three seasons. So kiss that one goodbye. But anyway, he never finishes the losing record in the SEC. He's always got a, a 500 or better record in the SEC. Yes, factually, it is correct that Mike White won a game in each of the four NCAA tournaments that were contested that he reached in his six years, aside from the COVID year. Yes, it is true that he won 20 games or more in each of his first four seasons. And yes, it is true that he never finished with a losing record in the conference. So when somebody delivers any of these statistics with no further context attached, sounds angry enough about it, and attaches a clown or a laughing emoji or throws in the word 
idiot or moron or dumbass or imbecile into the comment to a casual third party observer who then takes 12 seconds to look up the statistics online, the person doing the gaslighting will seem to have won the argument, but there are insinuations attached to each of these arguments. If he wins a game in the NCAA tournament every year, surely there's a final four included in there, right? Surely there's more than one lone sweet 16 appearance somewhere in there, right? If he wins one game or more a year in the NCAA tournament, surely there are multiple years in which the or more part of the one or more tournament wins apply, right? If he wins 20 games or more a year, surely there's a season in there with 29, 30, 31 or so wins, right? Surely there's more than one year where he wins 22 or more games, right? If he never finishes the losing record of the SEC, surely there's an SEC title somewhere in there, right? Surely there are more than four of his seven seasons in which he finished with an, a winning record, right? Surely he's finished in the top four of the SEC more than two times in seven seasons, right? Well, in order, no, 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 no. Uh, I think I'm missing one. No, those stats that the mid-major microphones love to throw out there are fine for a floor. But if you're going to deliver these statistics with such gusto in a debate, there has to be a good amount of data that is much higher than the floor so that there is a clearly established non-fluke ceiling that is very distinguishable from the floor. When the floor and the non-anomalous ceiling you know, year two, great year for Florida and Mike White, but one out of seven, like it, is a clear anomaly. When the floor and the non-anomalous ceiling are difficult to separate, and when you're a fan of a program that shoots as high as Florida does, you've lost the argument. And you don't have the right to act condescending towards those who, again, are only representing the views that the University of Florida has decided is the view of the University of Florida, verified by the naked eye every time someone steps into the O'Connell Center. Trust me, Florida's had many, many chances to alter those standards. They've had six off-seasons to sneak in there and raise a bunch of banners that say, round of 32 appearance, or did not finish with the losing record of the SEC, or won 20-plus games. They've had six full off-seasons worth of chances to do it. They have not. That tells me that these metrics that the Mikes love to throw out there, while fine for a floor, in fact, very good for a floor, ultimately are not what the program should be shooting for and thus do not merit condescension and sanctimony when cited by fans arguing in favor of their coach. And doing so is toxic. It is poison to a program that needs oxygen and not only argues in direct contradiction to what the program has decided is the standard, it acts as though the people who are defending that standard are crazy. That is what is toxic. And it's made all the more toxic by the fact that most of these cherry pick statistics that these mid-major microphones love to run with come from the same two or three sources, meaning the UAA and, and their puppets. Most notably, Jeff Prosser of 1010XL Radio in Jacksonville, who forever locked up his own reputation as the official mascot of the mid-major microphones with this now famous rant. All you alleged passionate Gator basketball fans, there's the pier. It's relatively short. Take a long walk. What in the world do you actually expect Florida basketball to do? You expect them to be a top five or ten team every week of every poll every year? It's a disappointing year. I get it. But my God, calling for Mike White's head and you, all you supposed experts that don't know a box in one from a box of chocolates, zip it and save me your sanctimonious pretending like you do know anything that you're talking about.
Mike White would be hired by Kansas or North Carolina or Duke or Kentucky. He would be hired by that kind of program if he were available and they had a job come open. But you don't believe that. So shake your head, put your jersey back over your T-shirt, dingy as it is, and eat your freaking pot pie. Oh, Jeff. You know, I, I actually had to think about this. I, I've spent 28 years on this earth. I have more than my fair share of hot take friends coming from New Jersey. A lot of them are Jets fans or Eagles fans or Yankee fans and a few Red Sox fans. So I trust me, I've heard more than my fair share of confidently delivered hot takes. And after thinking about it, I have to say I have never in my life heard a take delivered with so much confidence and, and anger be so spectacularly wrong. But see, this rant of Jeff Prosser's is perfect because it encapsulates the mid-major microphone's gaslighting tactics so perfectly. You expect Florida to be a tough five or 10 team every week of every poll of every year? No, I expect Florida to compete for SEC titles and final fours on a semi-consistent basis. Note, I did not say win. I never do say that Florida has to win the SEC or has to reach a Final Four, but the team should be reasonably close to these goals more years than not. We've discussed this ad nauseum on this podcast and online and on the website, on social media, everywhere. We've been very consistent with saying that they don't have to win a national title, but they have to be in the running for an SEC title or a Final Four two or three times in every five years. Doesn't mean win, but they have to be in the running for them. Strawman argument, Hall of Fame there by Prosser. Mike White would be hired by North Carolina or Duke or Kentucky? No, he would not. You know how I know that? Because, well, first of all, every coach is always available. That's how it works with coaches. The, the right offer to the right school for the right guy, and everyone's available. But do, do you know how I know that he's wrong here? Because Duke and North Carolina in the last two years actually had jobs come open, and neither one of them chose Mike White. Instead, Mike White wound up at a program that went 6-26 and 26 this year, and is generally regarded as one of the worst basketball programs in the Power Six. And we could go line by line and pick that whole soliloquy of his apart, up to and including the point that a box and one is where you have a 2-2 zone, and one guy plays man defense on the opponent's best player, and a box of chocolates is undoubtedly Jeff Prosser's reward from the UAA for gaslighting the living daylights out of the rest of the fan base. But y'all get the point by now. That is what Jeff Prosser is, and he is not alone. This is what all the mid-major microphones are, and this is what all the mid-major microphones do. They do not exist in a vacuum. They're a very small minority, but they're out there. And at least as it pertains to their online behavior, these people's sole purpose is to sit and wait to read the press releases from the UAA, which cherry-pick all these handsome stats about Mike White, about winning NCAA tournament games every year and winning 20-plus games and not having a losing record in the SEC, to take these stats and run with them, gaslight the living hell out of the rest of us with exactly the level of bravado that you just heard, and try to make us, the rest of us, think that we're crazy for daring to question the University of Florida's decision to not get rid of Mike White which is kind of the strategy of North Korea, except it doesn't work here because we live in a free country with a complete internet. And I'm sure that those who don't like this monologue are going to respond to it by questioning the validity of my brand's name, to which the obvious response is, once again, I'm only representing the views of the University of Florida. Just because I'm arguing in favor of replacing an employee who is not living up to the University of Florida standards does not mean that I am a fair weather fan. It doesn't make someone fair weather to demand change because they only want the program that they love to be the best it can be. On the contrary, it just means that the person cares. And thankfully, because White is gone, there is proof that the thousands of Gator fans who truly care have had their desires listened to and 
Although, again, I will not and never will defend the vitriol, the true hate speech that gets directed at coaches or players or anyone, really. Well, I'll never defend that. The fans who were rational about detailing their, really, their, their disdain for the fact that what this guy was doing with the basketball program was deemed to be acceptable, that these fans who rationally articulated these desires to have him replaced ultimately won the day. And that's why this is a good thing. So basically that's that we have argued on this pod in favor of replacing Mike white for years. Now we have finally gotten our wish. That is essentially all there really is to say about him. Nice guy. I'm sure I didn't know him, but I'm I'm willing to believe he was a perfectly decent man sleeping on hospital couches while Keontae Johnson was potentially fighting for his life certainly speaks in favor of that. He just didn't win enough games. And, and that's why he is no longer here. And that's why we are happy about the fact that he is no longer here. So now the question becomes, do we root for him? at Georgia. And, and yeah, that, that's a real thing. People are saying, yeah, you know, we wish him well, as long as he's not facing Florida, which kind of seems odd because he is now coaching the university of Georgia basketball team, which is, I mean, if you round up a thousand Gator fans and you say, which school is the university of Florida's biggest rival, you'll probably get more than half of them saying FSU is, is, as the school that you want to beat in all sports, as opposed to just football. The rest of them will probably say Georgia, unless they live in Baton Rouge or New Orleans and they'll say LSU or they live in Tennessee. The rest of them will probably say the University of Georgia. He is now coaching at a rival school. So, Dustin, uh, I, I know we say as a, as a courtesy, as a gesture of goodwill and of good faith, we wish him good health. We wish his kids good health. We hope that 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 his kids and his wife can be happy. Are, are we going to be rooting for him to, to succeed? Are we going to be wishing him well at the University of Georgia? I am not going to root for Georgia. I am not going to root for Georgia any less or any more because I just downright hate Georgia. Um, I'm not really a cusser, but I, I will say this. To hell with Georgia. I, I don't like Georgia. I don't like anything about that, that, that city, Athens. Um, it's a wannabe city. There's a great there's a great city on the other side of the globe in Greece called Athens. Um, it, it's terrible, and the fact that the fact that um, Mike White has made a decision to go to that city, um, I, <laughs> I I I don't think I really have anything to say, man. I mean, it's it's just one of those things. I, I wish him all the best. I wish him good luck. But my, my quote-unquote rooting for him ends there. You know, if he does well, I'm not going to be upset. I'm not going to be disappointed. I'm not going to throw a shoe. Um, I, don't, I don't know why I said that. Freudian slip. Because um, Marco Wilson is still a thing. When you cost the Florida Gators an opportunity at a national championship, you're, you're going to catch strays for the rest of time. That's, that's just how it works. What do you think? I, I, I get amused. I, I just went off against the mid-major mics, and now I'm sort of carrying that on into this part of the discussion. But basically, uh, there's no justification for rooting for Georgia unless – all right, if, if the Gator football team is ranked five in the country and Georgia Tech is ranked number four – and Georgia Tech is like really good that year. We need Georgia to beat Georgia Tech so Florida can get into the college football playoff. All right, fine. Sure, I'll, I'll I'll root for the dogs that day. That that's it. Or you know the NCAA tournament. Like if say Florida and uh, and Alabama are both bubble teams for the NCAA tournament, and Alabama plays Georgia in the SEC tournament, and we, we need Alabama to lose. Okay, I'll root for Georgia then, so that Florida can be helped by it. I will never root for Georgia under any other circumstances. And you know I do understand why Mike White took the Georgia job. He didn't. He he couldn't take the heat in Gainesville. I understand it. It doesn't mean I'm going to root for him. Doesn't mean I like him. And and in fact, I know it's not super fashionable to to talk down upon the guy who just left you under professional circumstances, and you know who is um, who is a gentleman, I guess is the word for it. But I'm not wishing him well. 
I, and I, I wish him good health. I wish his family good health. I, I hope his kids grow up to be uh, successful at whatever they want to do. Um, I, I hope that they stay healthy and, and mentally are, are okay. Cause mental health is a very big concern for a lot of people in this country these days. But I mean, as a basketball coach, I, I hope he outright flops. I hope he gets fired in disgrace just the way that the last guy got fired in disgrace and Tom Crean, because his teams were so atrocious that even Georgia couldn't tolerate them. I, I hope Mike white goes and 32 every year at Georgia because he is coaching Georgia now. And I want to see Georgia fail, whether or not Mike White is there doesn't make a difference. I want to see the Georgia Bulldogs fall flat on their face. So because of that, it is to hell with Georgia. And no, I don't wish Mike White any luck whatsoever as their head coach. So last order of business tonight, and we'll call it a show. Oh, Dustin, the question that we have been asking ourselves for years now, who's Florida going to hire? It's finally a real question. So give me your give me your top three picks and a sleeper. You know what, Neil? Um, I really love your list. I think that I, I look forward to hearing you elaborate more on it. Um, obviously, I've been following in depth with, with all the content you've been putting on the website. And I think this is going to be a shameless plug uh, to, if you haven't already, check out in all kinds of weather.com read the articles that Neil has put together. He's uh, at this point, he's broken down at least four candidates, maybe five at the point in time, this has gone out. Um, check it out. Uh, and I'm going to go with the national champion. I'm going to go with one. I'm going to go with Scott drew from Baylor. I know that there's some baggage there. I'm not going to get into it. Um, but he, he did just win the national championship at Baylor. I think that's a, a big, big deal when you, you are in spitting distance. Um, you have the money, the resource, uh, something that, I, that you're going to talk about um, at, at length, uh, I anticipate. But I'm going to go ahead and get the ball rolling on it. Think about, think about what Florida was able to do and what they were able to save in terms of Georgia stealing away Mike White rather than Florida having to fire Mike White without cause. So if Florida had to fire Mike White, the buyout would have been close to $8 million. I think you would have the exact number, Neil. Um, More than that. It would be 8.75. $8.75 million. Instead, Florida received or is due to receive a little over a million. So you're looking at a an, an approximate 10 million dollar difference and if i know we've had our doubts in scott strickland but any ad is going to look at that and understand the the 10 million dollar gift that he's received and hopefully he's going to do the right thing and put that money toward the salary of the next head coach because you have to invest in the future and so the guy that I'm thinking is 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 Drew, uh, Scott Drew from um, Baylor. Now, if you wanna, if you if you want a, a big, and this is something that I don't think you mentioned, Neil. So I'm gonna go ahead and say it. If you want a big, dark horse, surprise, crazy, out of the box, possibly hire, I, go with Mike Miller. I'm not saying he's the guy that we should hire. But he would definitely be an interesting name to throw in the mix. Not only is he, is he a Gator great, but he's had some coaching experience. Um, he's an incredible recruiter from everything that I've heard. Um, he's even he's even uh, done some business in the um, the agent realm. So he's he's got that understanding and, and relationship with players. I think that would help from the NIL side of things, which is obviously we've talked a lot about that in terms of, of football, but that, that new law applies to every NCAA sport, including basketball. So I think that would certainly pay dividends in that regard. I'm not sure if Mike Miller is ready to be a head coach at this level, but you know, if, if I had to throw in one dark horse that would be very interesting, I'm going to throw in him. As far as Getting down to three, um, I, I think that's something the more so you, you would you would be able to knock out of the park. 
Well, in fairness, I've also been looking at this for a long time now. So, so, so long so that I have now watched as Scott Strickland actively sat idly by and did nothing and watched as my top two of my top three candidates last year and Chris Beard and Porter Moser walked away to, to, to different jobs. And then my top choice this year at Andy Enfield got locked up with a big extension by USC. But with those three guys off the board, Scott Drew's got to be number one. Uh, I, I, lay, I laid out the argument in, uh, in a bit more detail on the website, but Scott Drew, number one, he's won a national championship. He's got Baylor as a consistent force in the Big 12. They're always a, a pretty high seed in the tournament, and they usually play up to it. Um, so he's one. Number two, have to say, is Dana Altman. Uh, and, and Florida would have to deploy the same strategy with both now with an extra $10 million at their disposal. Just hop on a plane, go west, and tell him the name is Price because anything short of that, Florida is not going to get either one. Those, are, those guys are not going to come cheap. But now, again, Florida's got money to be able to lure them away. So there's at least a fighting chance of, of those things. Uh, of those guys coming to Gainesville. Number three, Matt McMahon, Murray State. He's the guy that recruited and developed John Morant and made them into a, a temporary darling in the NCAA tournament with a nice upset over Marquette, a game that I was actually at in Hartford where John Morant had a triple-double. But more impressively than that, Morant leaves. That team, aside from Tevin Brown, is all gone now, and now he's built an even better team that's even better than that Murray State team was. They're a seven seed now as opposed to a 12 that year. So I like him in that aspect. If we're going to go with a dark horse guy, I'm going to go with Kyle Smith of Washington State. Um, I mean, because he hasn't really won a ton at Washington State, but he's got that program trending in the right direction. And they do seem to be not that far away from a breakout season after just being utterly terrible. Uh, in, in his his first year and before he got there. He is known for a, a, a super analytics-driven approach, a, a kind of Moneyball-esque approach, but for basketball, I think that would be something that Florida would definitely be wise to consider. I don't know that he can potentially match the resumes of of, uh, of Enfields, who's no longer available, um, but, but Drew or Dana Altman of Oregon um, or Matt McMahon, but I think that is somewhere Florida would go as a dark horse uh, candidate. That said, Dustin, um, we're going to call it a show, a very quick show today, but you know, this is a very impromptu thing, but um, thank you guys for listening. We will be back to talk more Gator sports in the not too distant future as softball and baseball are just heating up. Dustin, any, uh, any final, final words for Mike White or, or any, any final words about his tenure? Yeah, man. I just want to say this. Um, obviously, Mike White, I, I've said this before, but he's a great person. Um, now, his character is slightly more in question. The fact that he did take the job at Georgia. We did have a bout with Georgia a little earlier in the season with a basketball player, um, Philandris Fleming, and I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his name right. Um, very interesting name, I might add. But he celebrated um, the win that Georgia had in the in the national championship game um, more than I've ever seen him celebrate a basketball win, even from his own team. Um, now, maybe I'm exaggerating on that, but he celebrated with great intensity that that win over Georgia, that 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 win that Georgia had over Alabama. So, let me just say this, Neil. Mike White, good guy. Like I said before, glad glad I had the chance to meet him. Um, I wish him all the best. I'm not going to root for Georgia, um, but I'm going to wish him well. Uh, I'm I'm glad that he has another job, and most importantly, I'm I'm glad that this whole situation ultimately benefits Florida. Like I said before, any decent AD, which I hope, you know, like I said before, we've had our bouts with Scott Strickland, but he's made, he's made decent hires. Okay. He's especially, um, you know, obviously, <laughs> uh, we're, we're obviously excited about Napier. Um, he's hasn't coached a game in Florida yet. So the verdict is still out on him. Um, 
Scott Strickland needs to nail this hire. That that's that's the last thing I'm gonna say. Um, if Casey was on with us, that's what he would say. Scott Strickland needs to nail this hire. He needs to find the best coach in the country possible. And I want to emphasize that word possible. Maybe Scott Drew is not possible. Maybe Atman is not possible. But the, who's the best coach possible? Get that coach, bring him into Gainesville, like we did with Napier. Give that coach whatever he needs to succeed. Because it's about time we sell out the O-Dome again. It's about time that we bring back the Rowdy Reptiles like we haven't had in years. It's about time that we start winning big games and we start winning consistently. It's about time that we're top three team in the SEC. It's about time that we have single-digit seeds in NCAA tournaments. It's about time that we make Sweet 16s and Elite 8s and every, every once in a while at least Final Fours. It's about time that we can once again have expectations for national championships at the University of Florida. Because national championships at the University of Florida, it's not a Billy Donovan thing. Lon Kruger got the Gators to the Final Four. Okay? It's, it's the Gator standard to win championships. What we just saw with the women's indoor track and field team is Florida wins championships. The expectation at the University of Florida, regardless of what sport you're playing, regardless of what sport you're, you're spectating as fans, the expectation is to win championships. And if you're not, if you're not pursuing that expectation, if, you're, if your tenure is not, a, is not producing a pattern that is leading to that, that expectation, then a change needs to be made. And let me just say this, this last thing I'll say, thank God the change was made for us because I'm very concerned that if Georgia had not hired Mike White away, we would still be looking at another year of mediocrity and ineptitude. So the future is bright. I look forward to following like, like you will. And, and I'll be, I'll be staying glued to my phone and hearing the inside information that you have to bring, but I look forward to finding out what this coaching search looks like. Maybe a very interesting next couple weeks as we sit tied and and wait on who um, Strickland brings in. Yeah, there, I mean, the bottom line is there there is real reason to hope for Gator basketball again. Mike White has Mike White had just siphoned that out of us over the past couple of years because it it was you know it, it reached a point where it was just no longer rational, no longer logical to believe that he could have Florida compete for and win sec championships which again is the standard at florida there was no longer any rational reason to believe that he could do that and now there's there's hope i mean we don't have a coach yet we don't even know who scott strickland is pursuing yet but at least now there is reason to hope that florida can soon be competing for national championships again with that said thank you guys for listening in all kinds of weather we will stick together for F-L-O-R-I-D-A. Go Gators. Go Gators.